Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus this morning. Father, I thank you for your, for your presence here of your Holy, and your Holy Spirit that's here to, to lead us and to guide us and to teach us this morning. Father, I thank you for, for this season of the year that we celebrate the coming of your Son, our Savior. And Father, we just praise you and we thank you, Father, for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. This morning, I want to talk to you about, do you know him? For probably the first 10 years of my life after I give my heart to Jesus, I knew about God and I knew about Jesus, but I didn't know him. You know, back in, in June, on a Friday morning about 11.30, you know, it was the last day of, of uh, Bible school at uh, Cedarville. And, uh, you know, I drove... And I was 14 at the time. You know, I, I drove my sisters and, and myself. I had three sisters. And uh, stopped by and picked up a, a neighbor gal, you know, Pam, Pam MacArthur. You know, I know Howard would know her. And uh, we drove through the, the back roads to to the church and, and went to Bible school and and, and just right at the end of the last day, you know, I decided to give my heart to Jesus. And, you know, to be honest with you, you know, there wasn't a whole lot that changed in my life other than, you know, I, I knew that I was born again. You know, and, and, you know, that was probably my fault. And, you know, I can remember about, about 10 years later, you know, Suzanne and I were dating and, uh, you know, getting pretty serious. And, uh, you know, I, I, I had gotten to, in my point with, with my walk with God that I, I said, you know, God, if this is all there is, you know, I can get along just as good without you as I am getting along with you. I don't know, probably nobody else has ever said that, you know, but, but that was, you know, that was my experience. And, you know, God in his, his goodness and mercy, you know, sent some people, you know, across our paths that, that showed, showed us that God is worth it. You know, that there was more than what I was experiencing. And, and you know, there started our, our journey. I want, I want you to uh, turn in your Bibles to, to Colossians chapter 1. And, and we're going to start in with verse 15. You know, my challenge for, for us today is is to know God, to know Jesus, and not just know about him, okay? That's the challenge. We all know about 
things. You know, I, I, know, I know about Gary Dumb over here. You know, I, I, know, I know some things about him. But I'm going to have to spend some time with him, fellowshipping with him, talking to him, you know, going where he goes to really know and have a relationship of who Gary, Gary Dumb really is, okay? You know, in the, the last Friday in August 1971 on the southwest corner of the square in, in Lamar, you know, I met Suzanne. You know, is at the Lamar Fair. And, and she'll disagree with me here. But she said we rode the zipper first, and I said the Rocco planes. But, you know, I'm right, but I'm going to let her be right. You know, okay? You know, and, uh, you know, I, I, I knew about her, you know, but I didn't know her. But so, but for the next four years, for the next four years, you know, I spent almost every every week end with her. You know, we'd go out on dates and, and, you know, we'd go to our favorite place to eat. And, you know, after four years, I figured out, you know, what she liked to eat and what she liked to do. And when I got that look, I figured, you know, you know, here's, you know, you guys know what I'm talking about. You know, when, when you get the look. But after, after four years, you know, we had developed a relationship. And, uh, you know, in 1975, we, we, we got married, okay? But in Colossians here, let me get back to Colossians chapter, chapter 1. Let me get to verse 15 here. And I'm going to read this out of the Passion Version. He is the divine portrait. Now we're talking about Jesus here, okay? He is the divine portrait or the picture, the true likeness of the invisible God and the firstborn heir of all creation. For in him was created the universe of things, both in the heavenly realm and on the earth, all is seen and all that is unseen. Every seat of power, realm of government, principality, and authority, it all exists through him and for his purpose. He existed before anything was made, and now everything finds completion in him. You know, we just got through celebrating Christmas and, and the birth of Jesus. But you know, when he was born in the manger, wasn't when he began. He's always been. He's always been. He just showed up here in, in the flesh to, to redeem us from everything that took place in the, in the garden. Because he was here from the beginning. Verse 18, it says, And he is the head of his body, which is the church, 
And since he is the beginning and the firstborn heir in resurrection, he is the most exalted one, holding first place in everything. For God is satisfied to have his, all his fullness dwelling in Christ. And by the blood of his cross, everything in heaven and earth is brought back to himself, back to its original intent, restored to innocence again. Glory to God. Even though you were once distant from him, living in the shadows of your evil thoughts and actions, he reconnected you back to himself. You know, the challenge this morning is, 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 is not to, to be living in the shadows of our evil thoughts, but, but allow ourselves to be reconnected to him. And it's more than just knowing about Jesus, our Savior. It's, it's having an intimate relationship with him. And we're going, to, we're going to find out how to do that this morning. He released his supernatural peace to you through the sacrifice of his own body as the sin payment on your behalf so that you would dwell in his presence. And now there is nothing between you and, and the Father God. He sees you as holy, flawless, and restored. He sees you as holy, flawless, and restored. Glory to God. You know, those, those verses of Scripture there that, that we read this morning, you know, we could, we could spend the next six months and, and digging on that and seeing what it says and, and, and putting ourselves into the position that God sees us. Amen? You know, I can remember, you know, after you know, 10 years of being saved and 10 years of walking in darkness. Do you know that you can, you can be saved and still walk in darkness? You know, you can, you can be saved and, and still be walking in, in darkness in, in ignorance. You know, we were introduced to the, to the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit became our teacher. And, and it was just like, you know, the relationship that, that Suzanne and I had, you know, before I knew about her. But when I began to spend time with her, I began to develop that relationship and I just didn't know about her anymore. I knew who she was. Kind of like Larry and Doris over here. <laughs> I knew I'd get a comment. Larry said, that's kind of scary. But, but as, we, as we spend time with our Father God, we don't know, we, we go from knowing about him to knowing him. And, and, and brothers and sisters, that's where we need to be. That's where we have to be. Jesus' existence didn't begin on Christmas Day, but he's always been. 
Gabby, do we have that picture? Okay, that's, that's fine. We, 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 don't, we don't need that. You know, sometimes we, we have traditions, um, and, you know, especially around Christmas time. And, and you know, I'm, I'm not a traditional kind of guy, really. But, but you know, traditions, traditions can be good. But we don't need a Christmas tree and all these lights and, and the Advent candles, although they're good, there's nothing wrong with them, to celebrate Jesus. We can do that every day. And we should be doing it every day. Amen? We ought to be doing it every day. You know, there's, there's things in our families that, that we... Uh, we have his traditions, and and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, I had a picture, and I don't think we have it have it this morning. Um, you know, I I can remember growing up, uh, you know, going to Christmas at, at Grandma's, and and we had what she called a German Christmas tree, and it it's a it's a pyramid, you know, and it stood about that tall. Uh, her her uncle made it, um, Oscar Meyer, and it's not the the hot dog guy. It's, it's not not the hot dog guy, but on, and you know it's it's you know starts out about about that big at the bottom and and goes goes up and and it's got a spindle in it and a fan on the top and and you put Christmas scenes on on the on the discs and. Uh, you know that's just something that that we remember, and uh, I got it, I inherited it, and uh, you know I cleaned it all up, and and I was, as I was cleaning it up and getting all the old paint off of it, because Grandma honestly kind of messed it up, and I repainted it, and you know stripped everything down, and on the bottom of it, on um, on the on the bottom board, it was written in, in lead pencil, builded by Oscar Meyer in 1897. But I don't worship, I don't worship that German Christmas tree, although it has a lot of memories. You know, it, it means a lot to us, or to me. You know, I, I, don't, I don't have to have that Christmas tree in the house put up with all the decorations on it to remember Jesus. And we need to be careful that, that our traditions don't become the gods and not the Jesus that the traditions are representing. Okay? Does that make sense to everybody? One, one reason that... that uh, you know that Christmas tree is not is not holy. When I was going through it, cleaning it all up, and taking all the old paint off of it, one of the boards on there was made out of a whiskey crate <laughs> because it's it's got the it's got the stamp of the of, of the brand of whiskey that was was on it. So anyway, uh, we we covered that up with with paint. Look in Matthew, 
chapter 7. Verse, verse 21, and, and this is, you know, I've, I've, sometimes I've, I've kind of struggled with, with this verse of Scripture, or these verses of Scripture, this passage, and I'm going to read it to you here. And, and there's two things here in this, ver, in this passage of Scripture that, that I think are, are key, Okay. Matthew 7, 21, it says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter to the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father which is in heaven. That's point number one. Only the ones that does the will of my Father who is in heaven will enter into the kingdom of God. Verse 22 here says, Many will say unto me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? He's saying, you know, God, didn't we do all these things, all these good things? In verse 23, it says, then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you away from me, you evildoers. The second point that I want you to, to grab a hold of here is that he says, I never knew you. And that's just exactly what we're talking about this morning. We, have, we need to bring ourselves to the point where we know him. We have to know who he is. You know, I'm, I'm reminded of, of, of the father you know, that goes to work at 5 o'clock every morning, works till dark, works hard, climbs the corporate ladder, you know, makes good money, maybe making six-figure income, you know, is providing for his family, you know, there's always food on the table, has a nice house, a pool in the backyard, has two cars and a two-car garage, but there's so much stuff in the two-car garage that the cars have to sit outside. The kids have the coolest toys. This guy serves in church, goes fishing, plays golf with his buddies, But his wife and kids don't know who he is. He's too busy catching up on work, you know, playing golf or fishing with his buddies, serving at church on Sundays. You know, he doesn't know that, that his son aced his math test and his daughter was voted homecoming queen. And he doesn't know that his wife cries every day because she's alone and all she wants is, is a hug. In the same way, you know, we can be great teachers, doers of, of good things in, in our church and not know who Jesus is. Jesus. 
Jesus doesn't want to know how many people you've led to Jesus. You know, he doesn't want to know how many poems you've written about him or how many songs you've written to him. He simply wants to know who we are. Jesus wants that relationship. Now, no, we ought to be getting people born again. You know, that, I mean, that's, that's who we are. And, and if God gives us the gift of writing poems and, and, and pinning a song or a hymn to him, that's awesome. But the most precious thing that he desires is to know you and, and, and to know me. You know, doing good things doesn't take the place of an intimate relationship. Doing good things doesn't take place of an intimate relationship. We need to know him to the point where we can knock on his door at any time because he has an open door policy. That any moment of the day that we can knock on his door, whether we're at home, whether we're at work, during our prayer time, even if we're in the bathroom, you know, wherever we're at, knowing him involves bringing everything to him. Look in Matthew chapter 11. Verse 28. And this is, this is a... Uh, you know, familiar verse of scripture. And I was going to read this in the Passion. Hang on here just a second. It says, Are you weary? Carrying a heavy burden, then come to me. And this is Jesus talking to us here. I will refresh your life, for I am your oasis. Simply join your life with mine, learn my ways, and you'll discover that I'm gentle, humble, and easy to please. You will find refreshment and rest in me. For all that I require of you will be pleasant and easy to bear. How do we do that? You know, what, what's that look like in your life? You know, when, when problems show up, what do we do? Most of us try to fix it ourselves first. And last resort, 
when nothing else fails or everything else is failing, we go to Jesus. He's telling us here, you know, come to me. Come to me because I'm the answer to, to every problem that you have. In John chapter 1, You know, I love John chapter 1. The first verse says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made, without Him nothing made was made that was made in him was life and life was the light of all mankind the light shines in darkness and the darkness has not overcome it now drop down to verse 14 it tells us here who the word is it says the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we have seen his glory the glory of the only of, of the one and only Son, who came from the Father full of grace and truth. You know, we've just celebrated celebrated Christmas and and the the greatest gift that we received was Jesus. But we need to open that gift every day. Glory to God. We need to open that gift every day. You know, our knowledge of Jesus can't be secondhand information. Our knowledge of who Jesus is can't be secondhand information. I can remember 40-some years ago, you know, we were, we were in, in, in our church. And, you know, we, Suzanne and I were spiritual illiterates. I mean, you know, we didn't know nothing. You know? and, and, that's a, and that's a sad testimony because Suzanne and I both was raised up in church. But we... You know, I don't know what I was doing before then, but but it wasn't paying any attention to what the pastor said or the Sunday school teacher said or or anybody else. You know, I was just there. You know, I was just there. And when the pastor was, you know, and we got you know filled with the Holy Spirit, and and you know that totally changed our lives, and we were so hungry for the Word of God. But we didn't know nothing. And I was always about three scriptures behind where the pastor was at. So one of us would have to write the scriptures down on a piece of paper, you know, while the other one was trying to find it in their Bible, you know, to, uh, to keep up with, with where the pastor was going. 
And, you know, then we had to go home, or we didn't have to, but we went home, and, and we looked at all those scriptures again just to be sure that they said what we thought we heard the pastor say. Okay? And, and uh, it, it was an amazing time. It, it was an amazing time. And, you know, we've had lulls in, in that passion, you know, in the last 45, 46 years. But that passion is still there. And, and that's the passion that, that, that we have to have to be the overcomers in this world that God has called us to be. You have to have a passion and a desire to serve God, to know who God is, not just to know about God. You know, it's, it's, it's good to know that, that Jesus took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses and by his stripes we are healed. It's one thing to know that he can do that, but it's something else to know that he'll do that for me. And, and, and that then that doesn't come by just knowing who God who God is, but it's come it comes with having a relationship with God. Amen. You have to have that relationship with God. To know him involves participating in his life and his kingdom, dying to yourself, being reborn and becoming more like him, living through him with reckless abandon, feeling, experiencing, and knowing the power, life, and love of Jesus. You know, I can remember... And I'm telling you a lot of stories, you know, and, and, and I'm not telling you, telling these stories to you to, to make you think that I'm, I'm all that, okay, because I'm not. But I'm, I'm just relaying, you know, life experiences to you that, that hopefully you can relate to and say, yeah, I remember that. You know, I remember when I was there or that's where I need to be. You know, Paul said three or four times in his ministry to, to, to be like me or, you know, to serve Christ as I serve Christ. In, um, I don't remember where I, was, where I was going now. Look in, look in Philippians chapter 3. Verse 10. And I continually long to know the wonders of Jesus more fully and to experience the overflowing power of his resurrection working in me. 
I will be one with him in his sufferings and I will be one with him in death. Only then will I be able to experience complete oneness with him in his resurrection in the realm of death. I admit that I haven't yet acquired the absolute fullness that I'm pursuing, but I run with passion into his abundance so that I may reach the purpose that Christ Jesus has called me to fulfill and wants me to discover. You know, God is calling each and every one of us today. And he's, asked, he's wanting us to, to, to run after him with a passion like nothing else. To have a passion for him that we don't have for anything else. Amen? A passion for him that we don't have for anything else. I run straight for the divine invitation of reaching the heavenly goal and gaining the victory through the anointing of Jesus. So let all who are fully mature have this same passion. And if anyone is not yet gripped by these desires, God will reveal it to them and will and, and let us all advance together to reach this victory prize following one path with one passion. We all need to have to have this passion to follow after Jesus, not just to know about him, but to know who he is. You know, if I would take a couple flights with John Houghton, you know, and, and watch him real close and see which, you know, toggles he flips and, and uh, you know, how much, how much throttle he gives the plane and where he's got his flap set and, and all this kind of stuff. You know, I could, you know, watch him over there and, you know, after about two flights, I could say, you know, I, I bet I can get this sucker off the ground. You know, I, I, can, I can get this thing off of the ground. But you know, knowing that, that airplanes fly and, and having flown in an airplane doesn't make you a pilot. Doesn't make you a pilot. You know, it, it takes a knowledge of, of the aerodynamics and, and, and the particular model of airplane that you're flying and, and having a relationship with that airplane for you to get it off of the ground, go where you're wanting to go, and get back on the ground without killing yourself. You know, that may be a crude, crude example, but, but our relationship with God's the same way. Our relationship with God is the same way. You know, God has been blamed for a lot of, of failures in our lives not because he didn't have the provision for what we needed, 
we just failed to follow the, the rules that it was going to take us to get there. Does that make sense? So the closer we the closer relationship we have with with him the more we have the mind of Christ the more that we know what his desire is for us and we can take off and fly high and and get back on the ground without any crashes you know the thing that sustains us in our ups and downs is a relationship with Jesus. The thing that sustains us in our ups and downs is our relationship with Jesus. Joel? If you're here this morning and you haven't, you don't, you haven't taken the first step in that relationship. And that first step is receiving Jesus as the Lord of your life, believing in your heart and confessing with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. You know, that's where we need to start at this morning. You know, that, that, that's, that's the start. If, if you've made that decision, but, but your relationship with, with Jesus is one that you just know about him, but you don't know him, I would invite you to, to come forward and say, God, you may, you may be like, you may be like I was, you know, many years ago and said if this is all there is you know I don't don't know whether it's worth it or not you know maybe, maybe there's nobody here like that you know but that's where I was at one time what you need is is a a deeper relationship with Jesus. Knowing about him is not good enough. You have to know him. You know, as long as I just knew about Suzanne, she would have never became my wife. You know, I had to cultivate that relationship. Okay? You know, our, our, our relationship with with Jesus grew in, in many different ways over the past, or is growing, still growing, over the past 40-some years. You know, and, and it involved, you know, getting in, involved in, in Bible studies, you know, and, and you know, I, I can remember one of my main prayers, you know, that, that I held on to is, is Father... You know, I, I want to know what the truth is here. Amen. Because we had opportunities, you know, back in the early days to, to get off in error. 
But praise God, God is so good. God is so good that that when we heard something that, you know, was kind of scratchy in your spirit, you know, you knew that, you know, maybe it, you know, this might not be right. He would take us to a verse of scripture or, you know, the pastor would teach on, on something that would kind of line us back up and get us going on the right, you know, right direction. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to say that we didn't miss it. We most certainly did. But if you keep your eyes on Jesus and the word, he'll always bring you back to the truth. You know, I would encourage, you know, everyone here to, to have friends that believe like you do, you know, in, in, in this journey. In this journey, you know, we had, you know, Suzanne and I had three other couples. There was four couples that that were really tight together, and and when we had problems or questions or or you know stuff come against us, you know, we could always go to to these other other couples and and get encouragement, you know, get direction. And, and get support. Now, I'm, I'm not going to say that you can't do it without it, but this is just how it work, worked for us. And, and as, we, as we walk down this journey, our relationship with, with Jesus get, got closer every day. Every day. There was, there was a new revelation every day. Every day. You know, I'm I'm not a real big uh, fan of, of New Year's resolutions, but if you're if you're going to make a resolution this year, I I would you know first place, you know number one resolution would be to have a relationship with my Savior, to celebrate His birthday every day, not just on Christmas Day. Amen. If you're not born again, I invite you to come come up to the front and and I'll pray with you or Pastor Kent will be over here on this side. He'll pray with you. If you need to rededicate your life and say, God, you know, I just don't want to know about you. I want to know who you are. You'll come to these altars and, and if you need prayer, we'll be glad to pray with you. Joel.